بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وبه نستعين ثم الصلاة والسلام على سيدنا ونبينا أبي القاسم المصطفى محمد وعلى آله الطيبين الطاهرين Dear sisters and brothers, سلام عليكم Alhamdulillah, today we were blessed to be able to benefit from the wisdom and guidance of Sayyid Kishmiri. And I personally wish it, it didn't finish and I could just listen. I was so mesmerized, alhamdulillah. Many thanks to His Highness for coming and benefiting us. Um, it's the last night, so it's the last night that we're going to be doing the habit of remembering a group of people. And tonight it's with a broken heart because um, a few people have passed away in the past few days. The beloved, respected grandmother of our amazing reciter, Mullah Nuruddin Kazemi, has passed away. And I was speaking to him today, and such an amazing person she was. And actually one of the ladies who had come one of the nights to our sessions also has passed away. And so I thought maybe we can start the session by remembering them and reciting a fatah in our heart and a loud salawat. Please recite salawat. May God, inshallah, give patience and sabr to their families, inshallah. The ones who have passed away are right now in a very great place. Um, it's the last night, the final light of our series, and I thought maybe I can start with a hadith. A person goes to the imam and is speaking to imam, and imam tells him, this is a hadith which I very much love. He says, سمعت علي ابن موسى الرضا يقول رحم الله امرأ أحيا أمرنا رحم الله امرأ أو عبدا أحيا أمرنا Imam is saying, blessed be the one, may the mercy of God be upon the person who revives our amr, our affair. The person says, فقلت له كيف يحيي أمركم how can we revive your amr, your affair? And Imam replies, and Imam's reply is very, very good for us. He says, the person should learn our knowledge and share it with other people, but there is one condition, or maybe not a condition. We say that he set a standard. He said, if you do it well, فَإِنَّ النَّاسِ لَوْ عَلِمُوا مَحَاسِنَ كَلَامِنَا لَتَّبَعُونَ Imam Reza is saying, see, do you want to know if you've done your job well or not? See, our wisdom, our teachings are in such way that if you manage to show its beauty to people, no one would not want to benefit from it. لَتَّبَعُونَ They would want it. Imagine, weight loss is a very good example usually. Imagine if you give someone 
a diet that really works, it's beautiful, it's going to really help their life. Would anyone not want it? Be like, nah, I don't like you guys, I'm not going to. No. If you manage to show people that something is beneficial, they would naturally want it. And Imam Reza is saying, see, we've got so much good stuff. But it's up to you whether you can show it to people or not. And I think this is a standard that we need to keep asking ourselves, have we managed to do that or not? And unfortunately, I feel like a lot of the times we don't realize how difficult this task is. A lot of people come to me and say, you know what, we want to go and speak about Imam Hussein, about these things to other people. I said, have you managed to convince your old children? Have you managed to convince ourselves that there's some beauty here? Have you managed to change our own life? There is still so many ways in which our lives could improve. There are still so many things in which we need help. Do you remember in the first night how we started this whole series? We said right now, not outside the Muslim community, within Muslim community, suicide attempts are spiking. In fact, I mentioned the statistics for you that in Muslim community, it's twice higher than other faiths. Not for people who are not religious, for people who actually a lot of them took religion very seriously. We've, we're facing a mental health crisis so much is happening. So it seems like we need to take this responsibility a little bit serious. It's not like Imam said, Rahimallah abdan ahya amrano, and it's an easy job. If it was an easy job, then from all those years ago in history, Imam wouldn't send such salutations to the person who does that. It means that it's not easy to do this. And all I was trying to show you in these nine nights, and this is the tenth night that we were together, that Imam Reza's promise is true. I tried my best, and everything I said here, by the way, was ayat of Quran, ahadith of a'imme, either in, for example, coffee, in nahjul balaghe, dir ad'iye, to show you that we can present religion in a way that people would relate to it more. And in the past few nights, I've been receiving so many messages that I am just so overwhelmed that Imam Reza's word stands true. We've had people telling me that their friends from uni have been hearing it, accepting Islam. I've had people telling me they'd left religion, no one knew, they were shy to tell their family, but now they've come back. I have people who are saying now they've had the courage, they needed to seek help, professional help, they're in a very dark place, they've had the courage to do that. Every night I'm receiving tens of messages like this, and wallah, if you think I'm taking credit for this, you're super wrong. It wasn't me, it's mahasina kalamina. All I was trying to show you was that there is so much in this religion that can change our life. And it has. Imam Reza's promise was correct. If this is what we could achieve in only nine days and ten days, imagine if we take these teachings seriously. If we don't get stuck in the surface, if we go to its depth, what we can achieve? 
Instead of being a community that's dealing with so many issues, feeling like the next generations are getting harder and harder to keep, they're having all sorts of problems. Wallah, my heart breaks. Sometimes I can't even help them. The pain that some of you are going through, and I keep hearing about it, it's not easy. We need to work harder if we want to make sure that we're a community whose members are enjoying their life, who have a good relationship with God, who are not suffering. Do you know how many of you are messaging me, telling me that you want to end your life? That just breaks my heart. It breaks my heart that as a community, we failed you. But that can change. And we have shown it in the past 10 nights that together we can change that. We have what it takes to support you. But we need to be serious. This is a serious moment. We owe this to our children. They are going through so much. Do you know how many of daughters have such problems that they can't even, for example, take a photo without a filter on? They can't stand their own face. Doesn't that break your heart? It breaks my heart that her teenagers can't feel good about their face. And how can we change that? It's our responsibility. And we cannot do that as long as we keep thinking the way forward is more of the same. We have to be more serious. We have to go deeper. And we can together, wallah, we can. Imam Reza promised us. We can. We're a beautiful community. And I'm so happy and so proud to be a small part of this community. Wallah, I am. And I am not, wallah al-azim, if you think I'm taking an ounce of credit for anything I said, I don't. For every lecture, I didn't have sometimes to mention tens of ayats of Quran, tens of ahadith. Although sometimes I would say, for example, oh, this is from Imam Ali, sometimes I didn't have time. But it was literally the verses of Quran, the, the ahadith of A'imme, Nahjul Balaqi, the Ad'iyah, Tafsir of Allah, Tabatabai, Tafsir of Ayatollah, Jawadi, Amuli, all the things which we already had in our tradition. Sometimes I added some science into it to make it easier. I am not taking credit for any of it. I've used Mark Lewis's help with addiction. I've used Professor Verveke's help with anxiety because I care. And I want to show you that religion and science can work hand in hand very beautifully to, to change our life. And your messages are showing me that that is working. It is working. And I have had, I have so much more to say. You know, I just wanted to start and we never got there about what are some practices we can do to change our condition. Inshallah, this won't be our last series together. We'll talk about it more. But in the last few minutes that I have, I just want to mention a few points about how can we, if there was anything here that was useful, how can we take this with us and, inshallah, improve our life. By the way, another thing I also want to mention this. 
even though I used a lot of ahadith and verses of Quran, there may be something in the lecture which was wrong and that could be my shortcoming. So I don't expect any of you to take all that I said as truth, no. I'm just sharing the truth that I have found in this religion and it's up to you whether you agree with it or not. As the Quran said, Said, give good tidings to the people who listen to different things and choose the best. I'm not telling you that anything I said, you have to accept it. I was just telling you these are some of the things I have found. Okay, enough with all of this. Can we have a salawat? By the way, I've been told it's better to drink from glass water as opposed to plastic uh, pla uh, glass cups. That's a very good point. Inshallah, I'll try to do that next time. I apologize. It's better for the nature. What I was trying to show you is that life doesn't have to be difficult. That the reason behind so much of our suffering is that we haven't manage to maximize the energy, the healing resources which are in our religion. And as a result of that, we're stuck in the surface of our religion, stuck in the surface of dunya, and we are suffering. So I try to show you in some ways what are the ways we can go deeper, have a deeper understanding of ourselves, our God. And I'm hoping now we can carry these as we go on following this beautiful religion that we have. Well, I'm gonna go through some of the practices that we do on our religion and see maybe how that information, inshallah, now can change that. One of them, for example, is our salat, our prayer. Although I really wanted to speak about salat, maybe a whole series, and inshallah, we will do that. How can we pray? God said in the Quran that prayer has to be in a way that afterwards you feel like it's easier for you to do the things you want to do, the good things. And makes it harder for you to do the things you don't want to do. In other words, Quran was there to help you with your addictions, with all sorts of mistakes we have. We'll talk inshallah in another series how to do a prayer. Because after we learn the ahkam, the recitation, then every... Every part of it we need to learn. But at least, now that we didn't have time to talk about that, at least know who you are talking to. Do you remember once I was saying that no one ever sat us down and said, baby, when you're praying, what are you doing? You're talking to this reality, to this God, your creator who loves you so much, who is always there for you, who wants you to heal who wants to support you. That is this one thing we can do with our prayer, to know who, where are we going? Who are we talking to? We don't pray so that God wouldn't be angry with us. No, we pray to make our life easier. We pray to connect to that place of love and safety so we can find some peace. At least tell our children what they're doing in their prayer. They're talking to their God who loves them so much. And every part of the prayer, after you learn the ahkam and all of that, which is very important, we need to learn. Do you know how every single word we say in our prayer can go so deep? 
I'll mention a couple of examples so you see. What is a surah that we recite every day in our prayer, surah Fatiha? غَيْرِ الْمَغْضُوبَ عَلَيْهِمْ وَلَا الظَّالِّينَ A lot of people make sure they mention it four or six. But do you know what we're saying when we say وَلَا الظَّالِّينَ? Have we taught our children when they're saying this what they mean when they say God, don't put me among the ظَالِّينَ? Well, according to Quran, Surah Hijr, verse 56, وَمَنْ يَقْنَتُ مِنْ رَحْمَةِ رَبِّهِ إِلَّا الظَّالُّونَ Quran is saying, Surah Hijr, verse 56, one of the features of these ظَالِّين or ظَالُون is that they've lost hope in God's mercy. Hope is not an easy thing to have in life. Many of us go through difficult times and we experience despair. We lose our hope. So tell your children, tell yourself, even when you're saying you're asking God, God, I'm losing my hope, for example. Help me. Give me some hope. Don't just say it and go. There's a change that needs to happen. Prayer is a technology that means to do something in you. This was just one line. Imagine if you teach that to your child or even yourself. That every time you lose your hope, when you reach this part of prayer, that's the part say, God, I don't want to lose my hope. Give me some hope. I'm feeling very alone. I'm feeling despair. That suddenly adds a new dimension to your prayer. It becomes joint with your life, linked to your life. Right now it may be so disconnected. I'm just saying a few words. I don't know why. But this links it to your life. Well, a very simple one would be, for example, A lot of us say it. We think of a problem we have in our life, we say it. If you're going through a difficult time in your life and you need, you're in a dilemma, should I marry this person or not? What should I do? One of its benefits is this. In this situation, ask God to put the right answer in your heart. In your prayer, God... So I have to, it could be even something simple. I'm, I'm choosing between these two fields in these two universities. God, I don't know which one should I choose. You help me. Put the right answer in my heart. Inspire me. When you're going through a difficult thing, you don't know how to deal. For example, your child is going through an illness, a very maybe difficult illness. God, how can I help my child? I don't know. I've tried everything. Whatever I do, it keeps getting worse. God, help me. And ihdena is actually very beautiful, by the way. Ihdena doesn't mean God show me the right way. Ihdena has an element of taking. It says, God, take me. In other words, not only God will put you, put the right answer in your heart, but you're saying, God, take me on the way. God won't leave you alone. You don't have to do it on your own. Ihdena means that God will take you there. Every part of prayer has these deep meanings. Subhanallah, what does that mean? Sajdah, how should I feel in Sajdah? Subhanallah, Rabbi al-Azim wa bihamdi, what am I saying? How can this change me? Every part of it you can learn, and it will make so much your experience of prayer deeper, more connected to your life, more beautiful. And some of you messaged me, said, our prayer, we don't understand it so much, we wait for it to finish, and then we talk to God. Why have we let that happen? The prayer which was meant to be our way of communicating with God, we have become so disconnected with it that a lot of us were like, okay, let me finish it and then sit down and talk to God. Well, isn't that heartbreaking? 
Again, this is another way in which we should go deeper and benefit more from the most beautiful gift of the Prophet. If only we knew how much prayer can change our life, how beautiful it is. But unfortunately, right now, many of us, we see it as a burden. Oh, I need to get this out of the way. It's a wajib. Let's do it and go. Not knowing how many gems there are. The power it has to change our life. Another aspect of our life which is so important for us, Quran. That's another area in which if I, I had maybe at least today, I looked at around maybe tens of ahadith to bring and read for you. We don't have time, but let me show a few for you. You know, one thing which always breaks my heart is that some people always come to me and they say, don't speak about healing in Islam. Where do we have healing in Islam? And they make fun of me. I'm like, what should I do when Imam Ali is saying, Is it me or is it Imam Ali? Make fun of me, whatever you want. Imam Ali is saying, your cure, your healing is in the Quran. Go and seek for your healing in the Quran. Just because you didn't manage to help people heal themselves from the Quran, you want to say Quran is not healing. There is no healing in Islam. Pass, what is this? Fihi shifa sudur. Quran itself also calls itself shifa. Quran calls itself shifa, healing, cure. Imam Sadiq, it says, the, the cure for your diseased heart is there. But obviously, the way we do it, unfortunately, we're not going to gain all the benefit which is there. What do we do? A lot of the times, we just read it for the thawab. Let me read you a few ahadith so you see. Masal Imam Sadiq, alayhi salam. He says, ma wallah. Someone asked Imam Sadiq, what does this verse in the Quran mean that yatlunahu haqqatilamateh? That there are a group of people who, they, they, they recite Quran, they engage with Quran, what does that mean? Imam says, they read it, they try to understand it deeply, they try to act upon it, all the things we said. You have to engage with this, read it as if it's talking to you, try to then act upon it. But Imam says something, Imam says, Wallah, it's not just to memorize it. It's not just to read it. It's not just to learn how to read it. All of that is beautiful. But all of that is just the first step. Tadabbaru ayatil Quran, Imam Ali says. La khayra fi qiraatin la tadabbara fiha. Imam Ali is saying. See, there's no point, not that much point. If you read and you don't pay attention. I had so many ahadith to show you. Imam speak about how to read the Quran so it can help you. They say don't. There's a hadith from Imam Ali in which he says, Don't be worried so much concert that I want to get to the end of this surah. Wallah, how many times I've told people on the nights of Qadr, don't try to finish it. They were like, Sheikh, you're destroying Islam. Inam hadith from Imam Ali alayhi salam. And Imam Sadiq is the person who's narrated this hadith. Imam is saying when you read, there have so many hadiths. Imam is saying you're reading a page of the Quran, something in it stands out for you. Imam says, eh, God is speaking about this issue I'm dealing with. Imam says, stay there. Reflect on it. Focus on it. 
بعد مثلا we have a hadith that says at that point sit down once you find something in that verse and ask God talk to God God I'm dealing with this issue pray on it God help me بعد even for a few seconds pause and ask God God inspire me how can I help myself in this regard all of these activities it's like a process it's a technology to read the Quran in our ahadith well, obviously, if we don't do it this way, we won't benefit. And then we're like, why do we have all of this pain? Even with Masan, there's a hadith Imam Sajjad, when he would reach a certain verse, he would stop continuing and just keep saying that verse for himself. Because, see, if you are in it for a change, well, you have to take it more seriously. Don't you have an issue? Don't you have something to say to God? Aren't some of these verses more relevant to where you are right now? The Imam is saying when you get to these places, if think over it, reflect on it, try to take it in. Maybe there could be a verse that you need to think about for a whole week. Write it on a beautiful piece of note, keep it on your room, keep reflecting on that. Maybe there's one verse that if you keep focusing on it could, could create so much change in you. And of course, before I've said, even before we go into the Qur'an, there's a few points we need to know. One of the things, for example, before we go to the Qur'an, a lot of people, when they go to the Qur'an, they get confused because they don't know what's happening. So they randomly open a page, and it talks about some ahkam. They don't know what is happening. So one thing which could help is that before you go to the Qur'an, have an understanding of what's inside this book. There are great books that explain. Maybe in this Qur'an, you're expecting to find these five things or eight things. Read some of these before you go to the Qur'an. I know, inshallah, maybe a whole series will speak about Qur'an. See how many series I'm promising you. One, inshallah, on prayer. One on Qur'an. Just last point on Qur'an, and I'll mention my final remarks. Another point, please, wallah, 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 I ask you, read Qur'an this way. Again, it's from the Ahadith. They say when you want to read the Qur'an, know who sent this book. God, in the beginning of every surah, says what? Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Whatever you're reading inside here is coming from a God who is Ar-Rahman, the most beneficent, the most merciful, full of love, full of mercy. So if there's something inside it, someone translates it for you or explains it to you in a way that makes God not loving, God says, see, I told you from the start. If you understand it in a way that makes me a non-loving God, you've got it wrong. I wish I had time to give you a few examples. Just one very quickly. Some people translate this and explain it this way. If you don't remember God, God will get angry and God will make your life difficult. Because God loves you so much, he wants to bring you back. As if that's love. That's more like toxic love. So they translate this verse, that if you don't remember God, because you have to, that's your duty. If you don't, God will make your life difficult. What does this verse mean? God is saying, see, love, safety, and peace is with me. I'm the source of love. If you go, it's not like I'm hurting you. Naturally, you will miss me. Your life will become difficult which is what we've been talking about the past few nights. One of the scholars would give this example. Imagine you're going in the market, you're a little child. You're going to a market that you really love with your mom. And you're holding on to, for example, the chador or the dress of your mother. And your mother tells you, 
See, Java John, I know you love this market so much, you're so excited, but hold on to mommy's chador or mommy's dress so tightly, because if you let go, you'll get lost, you'll look around, you can't find mommy, the same place that you love will turn into hell for you. You'll get so worried without me. This is what God is saying. Don't let go of my hand. Keep remembering me. If you let go, you will feel lost. I don't want you to suffer. Do you see how the same verse can be translated two different ways? One in which God is waiting for you to make a mistake, to make your life miserable. Another one in which God is saying, no, I don't want you to suffer. Like a loving mother who is telling you, if you leave, let go of my hand, you will get lost. I don't want you to suffer. In fact, I'm telling you this so that you don't get hurt. So this is another point that we need to have in mind before we go to the Quran. Although I had stuff about to ahadith as well to say how to read the ahadith, how to read the ad'iyah, don't read ad'iyah for thawab, only read them to understand, but inshallah for another time. Tonight is the last night we are together. In some way, we have to say farewell to each other. But this is not the only farewell that is happening tonight. There's a very more heartbreaking farewell. And that is between the family of Imam and Imam Hussein. The family of Imam who are saying goodbye. And they know that by tomorrow, it's going to be the last time that they see each other. Assalamu alaykum ya Aba Abdullah wa ala al arwah allati halat alaykum minna jami'an salamullah abada ما بغينا وبغي الليل والنهار ولا جعله الله آخر العهد مني لذيارتكم السلام على الحسان وعلى علي ابن الحسن وعلى أولاد الحسن وعلى أصحاب الحسن. Please recite the salawat.